0: and honor those people who have gone before us hey i want to turn just this morning second timothy uh chapter 2 a passage in the bible verses 8 to 13 and i want to read it to you it's a letter as you would most of you be aware oh look we've got some of these um things up here we don't want to lose them no no that's okay it's lost its rattle well done darling Don't, don't lose it give it back to him um, and uh, this, this letter uh, Paul wrote to Timothy, to, of course, Paul being the, uh, the senior guy, Timothy being the mentoree, or the guy who was mentored, and uh, Paul writes a pretty intense letter, and I want to read it to you. It says this, um, chapter 2, verses 8 to 13, "'Remember Jesus Christ, raised, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I'm suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained.' Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will will also disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Um, Prison is the last place from which to expect a letter of encouragement courtesy of the fact that those when you're in prison why would you want to write a letter of encouragement but that's exactly what Paul does he writes a letter to his young uh, protege Timothy and he talks about some pretty important stuff here he talks it he, he shares with him the interesting thing about Paul is um, uh, this is Paul's he'd been in prison before Paul had been in prison um, several years earlier, but it wasn't so bad. This time is really quite a difficult situation for Paul. The first time, he was a house arrest. So he was, while limited to a house, he had friends who could come and look after him and care for him and provide food. But this time, he's placed in a prison now in Rome. And it's not just a a little old nice prison out you know. It it is a dark and dingy place. It's below the the ground level. It's um, incredibly um, unhygienic. Uh, human waste uh, lies around; it's smelly, and if all of that wasn't enough, Paul was literally chained to the floor or wall. I had the opportunity, um, 2019, uh, actually, yeah, 2019, to go to what they believe is that exact prison, uh, and I've shown you pictures before, um, but um, it, 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 uh, if it was, it's an incredibly difficult time for Paul. Historically, the reason why Paul was there was because an emperor called Nero, who was reigning at the time, he was the emperor of Rome. Had uh, he was uh, certainly um, crazy um, because there was there was a fire through Rome, and of the fourteen districts that were of Rome, ten of them were completely destroyed by fire. It was said historically that Nero was the one who actually set them alight because he wanted to reshape Rome in his architecture. But we don't know the truth. No one ever will. The truth is Nero blamed the Christians for setting the uh, fire in Rome and thus there broke out some incredible persecution and Paul, as the ringleader or seen as the ringleader of the Christians, was in prison. This was around uh, AD 66, so 60 years after the birth of Christ. Within about two years or just a little bit after that, unfortunately, Paul himself was martyred. He was beheaded there in Rome after two years in this terrible situation of prison. You can appreciate Paul would have maybe found, maybe been moments of, uh, just want to give up, just had enough. Now it doesn't say that, but we don't see that in the letter that he wrote to Timothy. We never see that statement on Paul's heart, but I, I gather there were times when he would have been quite disheartened. And yet we see um, he's encouraged. In actual fact, it was a known fact that Paul actually knew that he, his time was short and he felt that God had spoken to him possibly about his death was imminent. And, and uh, it says in chapter 4 of this letter, Second Timothy, that he talked about that. He says, I know that I won't be too much longer on this earth. And yet he embraced that and somehow in his heart he had a joy. And I would like to suggest to you the reason being is because he had, he had number one, he had a personal relationship with his God through Jesus Christ. And he could stand so strong in the midst of that suffering and trial. And that was the thing that encouraged him. As it says in this verse here, he says, you know what? If we die with him, even that's not the finish. Because we're going to live with him. So whether he lived or died, Paul was saying, you know what? I'm on the winning side. And so he had such a a resilience and and strength. And I'd like to highlight a word this morning because it says there, he says, if you endure, you will also reign with him. And you know, we will never maybe face the things that Paul faced. We certainly won't face maybe what Jesus Christ faced. And yet both of these people, or men, and of course Jesus Christ was more than a man, he was God, but they faced it and they went on and it, incre- it became an incredible victory for humanity, for the Christian faith. So we see this, uh, this story unfold and... Um, and so I've just entitled um, my message, because it's in this little series of trusting God when life hurts. But today, specifically, trusting God when you just want to pack it in. You just want to give up. You just want to say, I've had enough. Because there can come times in life when we get to that point, And uh, my prayer would be that we'd see that in the midst of suffering and trial sometimes and the things you go through... There is an incredible um, things that happen in your life. There's transformation that can happen. In actual fact, things we face that are not easy are opportunity for incredible growth and th- for good things in our life. And I want to just talk to you today about that because Paul says here to Timothy, if we endure, we will, what? We will reign with Him. And, I, and, and talking about endurance, endurance is not a moment or an event. It, it, it takes longer than just that. It's not what happens in just one prayer sometimes. It's not just what happens sometimes. It's a process. And that means it's going to take a little longer. Sometimes I want instant. In an instant world, we want instant answers. But you know what? There's sometimes a, 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 an enduring that needs to take place in our lives. And the word enduring means to carry on despite the hardship or to carry on through or to prove more powerful than the opposing force so that you become an overcomer and we all want the reigning bit don't we well just me we all want that bit where we say well we've come through the we want the reigning bit we want to we want to see the victory Uh, and of course we do we long for that um but you know what um i've discovered in life the reality is if i want to reign uh and i want to see victories and i want to move on in strength there's times when i've just got to face that there's a moment of endurance um there's moments where I've got to stand. And, um, and I want you to understand, it's not just by pure chance or something that you get to the point of victory. No, there's, a, there's times of going through stuff, and that's when you get to the end. But it's going through that actually does something. I want you to understand today that uh, but enduring um, does something in your life. It, cha- it can change you. It can transform you. Because we see in Paul's life, it did. We see in Timothy's life, we see many of the, the um, patriarchs of the Old Testament and the disciples and the Christians in the New Testament, that they went through stuff, but it just created something of life and health and hope and wonderful things in lives. And you may say, oh, but I thought Christianity was all, you know, it was all going to be great and it's all going to be wonderful. No, Christianity was the reality of it. Life, we face some struggles, but as we come through, it's amazing what happens in our life when we do. And so can I just give you some three things today? What happens when you endure? What happens when you endure? And the number one thing, the very first thing is you become, very simple, you just become a better person. You become a better person. Because Paul actually says here in verse 10 to what we read, therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect. What's Paul saying? He's saying, you know what? There's an incredible good coming out of my suffering. In other words, though there's, because of my suffering, other people are going to be encouraged and be willing to stand strong in their Christian faith here in the midst of Rome because there was a lot of persecution break out right there. People were getting rid of Christians, persecuting. Nero killed many Christians. He blamed them for the fire in Rome, when maybe he was the one who did it. So there was persecution. But Paul says, you know what? There's an incredible good coming out of my suffering because I'm standing up. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to say I've had enough is I'm going to stand up till the end, I'm going to be here. Um, Other people are going to be encouraged to stand strong as well. And you know, when we do that, it's amazing how we encourage other people. In the midst of our suffering sometimes. You know, you've seen other people stand up in the midst of suffering and go, wow, that's an inspiration and I'm going to be encouraged by their stand strong too. And so ultimately what Paul was saying is he's saying, you know what, this is making people better. This is making me better. What I'm facing is making me a better person. And so uh, James actually said the same thing. A well-known passage, chapter 1, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face various trials. Uh, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because the testing of your face produces endurance, and endurance when it's finished work, so that you may be pure and com- mature and complete and not lacking anything. There we go. So we would be, not, we would be complete and not lacking anything. It's amazing what going through something does in your life if you're willing to continue to endure. We become better people. And can I share with you this morning, going through difficult times does not necessarily make you a better person. Because sometimes people can allow themselves to become bitter and twisted and hurt and suspicious and cynical and, and untrusting. But going through a difficult time doesn't make you a better person, but enduring through a difficult time is the thing that makes you a better person because some people go through a difficult time and come out really bitter about it but some people go through and they endure they stand up on the inside they hang on to their faith in, in Christ and when they do that it's amazing how it becomes that something changes within their life it's like a purifying work in their lives. You know, you've seen the example of when they i not seen it, but maybe heard about it. They throw gold into the furnace, and it purifies, and all the dross rises to the surface, and they wipe it away, and they heat it again. And the more and more it goes through the testings of the fire, the more pure it becomes. It's amazing what God does in our lives as we submit to it and endure. That's what Paul's saying. It makes me better. It makes me better. It makes you a better person. It is possible to give up and just let the difficulty get to you and to clock off and emotionally and spiritually and slide out of the picture. But, that, but the difficulty alone will not make you a better person, folks. But enduring, pressing on, not giving up on your faith, that being willing to learn from the difficult, being willing to forgive, being willing to be thankful, uh, being willing to pray when you don't feel like it, being willing to keep, keep loving God, loving life, being willing to stay in that place of fellowship and connection with the people of Christ. So, you know, all willing to. And I'm not sure that God maybe wants me to go through some of the things I go through, but I'm glad that I still serve a God that uh, that can turn the valleys into mountains, aren't you? I'm still glad that we have a God that in our worst times, He brings some of the the best times out of it. And that, that Scripture is still true, that all things can work together for good to those who love God. And that's not saying that all things are good. But all things work together for good. And we can believe in it. We have a hope in that. And so, the very first thing is that it makes us a better person. The other thing that, that the, the second thing that happens when you endure is you develop something that's really important in your life. Because you only learn this through suffering, you don't learn this in the good times, but you learn to have a deeper trust in God have a deeper trust in the unknown sometimes a bit deeper trust in him that you can't see but he's there that's what we've been singing about this morning a deeper trust because it says in verse 13 that we read what Paul wrote to Timothy when we are faithless he remains what faithful we can and the, the literal word for faithful means to be trustworthy he is trustworthy do you know that without a doubt, of all the, all the times that you put your trust in a person and they maybe have, you know, there's been regrets and there's been some things they didn't do and you think, oh, well, why do I trust people? I want you to ta- tell you today, God is not like that. He is totally trustworthy. When He says yes, He means yes. When He says no, He means no. When a promise, He gives you a promise or there's something that you know, it, it will come to pass. And so God is totally, uh, a well-known passage, Proverbs 3, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Here you go, this is interesting. Uh, many people struggle when going through difficulty because it just doesn't make sense. Have you ever gone through something and asked yourself, Why, God? Why has this happened? Why is, this happen? why is it allowed this to happen? Here's a thought. It's easy to depend on your own understanding when the situation is easy enough to understand. But when you can't make sense of what, make it, of what it means, to you, when you can't make sense of it and you maybe feel cornered and you're quite not sure of the future and what you're going through and you don't understand it. So, you know, we've got to make a decision. We either give up or we trust Him deeper, have a deeper trust in Him. Because sometimes the deeper the pit, the deeper the trust can grow. The bigger the struggle, the bigger your faith can grow Is an opportunity. So when you don't understand, it gives you opportunity to trust Him more. You see, endurance comes not by understanding what you're going through, but understanding the God who, in those, who, who God is in those times of enduring. And it, as, as I've already mentioned, when we're faithless, He is faithful. He's the faithful God, the trustworthy God. Understanding that He's still that. And you might say, but, he, but, but this is taking longer than it seems to need to take. This is taking much longer. My prayer is not being answered. That's when trust has got to grow. That's when the trust has got to go deeper. And it's amazing how he can come through. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He remains faithful. And some of the most interesting situations in life happen sometimes. He is faithful. He is faithful. I was, was, in 2019, I had the incredible opportunity with uh, Michelle, my wife, and my uh, youngest daughter, Lydia, to go to Europe. And we spent about three or so weeks there. And one of our adventures we you know we went to Florence in Italy and and um, and um, so we we booked a villa to stay in a villa for about three or four nights outside of Florence about four kilometers out in the countryside because the truth is you don't want to book something well you can but we we didn't want to be in the hustle bustle of the city Um, and we hired a car which is interesting itself in driving around Europe (laughs) but uh, the truth was, is that um, this particular day, we wanted to travel to uh, Venice, and to do that, you had to come into Florence, jump on the train. I didn't want to drive to Venice. There was a fast train, 260, 70-kilometer-an-hour train that just went straight there, and, and you could spend the day in Venice and then come straight back to Florence main train station. So we planned it all out, but we weren't going to drive our little hire car into the middle of Florence. You don't do that as a tourist. I mean, even the locals can struggle. It is... It's a lot of traffic and narrow roads and all that type of stuff. And so we parked. I found a park, car park just on the outskirts of Florence. And you can catch a local train to the, the major train station. And so that's what we planned. We did that, parked the car. I planned this in, in Australia months beforehand. I planned it meticulously. I had it all sorted out. <laughs> And uh, so we got to the car park, we jumped on this train, we came into the major train station, we jumped on the major train, we went to Venice for the day, wow, and then we spent this wonderful time in Venice, we'd come back, and now we're waiting at the, just the local train station to catch our train back to the car park where we're going to drive home. And I looked at the sign, I watched it, I I'd worked it all out, and my wife is incredibly good, she lets me make my mistakes, and without saying anything the first time. <laughs> and so I said... Lydia and Michelle, we're on, this is the one, we grab it, we took off on this localized train to catch out, to go to our car park and I realized within five minutes that we were going directly opposite to the direction we needed to go. After about 15 minutes I said, we've got to get off this train, we're just going further out of the other direction, we jumped off the train in the middle of where, I didn't know, it was in busy buildings everywhere and I thought, and I was frustrated because I had planned this. You know, as a male, you plan it out. You want to you want to succeed. You want to get the victory. And yet it's all failing. It's all falling apart. And uh, I just felt terrible. I felt disappointed in myself. You know, you might say, it's just, a, it's, you know, but, you know, we're in a foreign country and everything. What am I going to do? So I thought I'll ring up a taxi and we'll get a taxi and we'll take the, the taxi. will take you straight to a car park. I rang the taxi company. Well, this precious lady on the other end, her English wasn't good, my Italian was terrible, and you know, she's trying to, I'm trying to explain to her where I am, I want a taxi to this area, there's a big building, it's got an arch, is that enough information? (laughs) She didn't understand, she finally hung up, which I don't blame her, because I was not making sense, and now, so now we've come to another dead end, I'm at, I'm at, You know, 15 minutes, the other side of Florence, I can't get a taxi, what am I going to do? Let's jump back on the train, the localized train, and go back to the starting point. So we did that, jumped on the train, eventually, local little train, went back to the start, we're at the beginning again. This time I let Michelle look at the sign. (laughs) And together we made a decision, the other direction, wasn't difficult. We finally jumped on the train, got to, we got on the right train, found, got to the car park, found our car. Now it's now like three hours later and uh, we're hungry. We jumped in that car. Before we went back out of Florence, we found a McDonald's. When in doubt, eat McDonald's. Um, So (laughs) we went to a McDonald's and uh, I went inside. I am frustrated with myself. You know when you get frustrated with yourself, you get grumpy with everybody else? Come on. So I'm frustrated about being grumpy with my with other people. Anyway, I went to the counter, I w- tried to order, and the, and the young Italian lady, young lady behind there, she said, no, 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 go. I said, what? She said, go over there, screen, screen. Order on the, you know, you go to McDonald's, you've got to order on the screen there. I thought, okay, I understand. My English isn't that, my Italian isn't that good. I went over to the screen, I ordered everything. 25 euro, whatever it was. I paid for it there, I got the, I got the receipt ticket, I come back, I'm waiting, 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 waiting. Nothing's happening. I'm thinking, gee, they, you know, five, ten minutes later, they haven't got a meal. I went up to the counter, and I said to the young lady, a meal, a meal, a meal. She said, oh, oh, okay. And she looked up, and they finally prepared it. and brought. No, obviously busy. They prepared it. And she said, that'll be 25 euro. I said, no, 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 I paid it. 25 euro. <laughs> I paid it already. I thought, get the receipt. I paid, whipped out the receipt. I showed her. She goes, oh, but mm, mm, mm. And after a while something got through to her um, and uh, and uh, I was determined not to pay it a second time okay so uh, she finally agreed and she, th- she already paid it and we had our meal and we ate it and we jumped in our car and went home and I was just glad to be home even though it wasn't home it was just a villa out in the outskirts and you know all day and that afternoon I just all afternoon I was just I had to get over myself I had to get rid of my grumpiness and my frustrations about my inability to do I'd planned everything so perfectly and everything had gone well for the last two weeks and this final week I muck up and I'm just feeling frustrated now what was my point what was the point by developing a deeper trust in God <laughs> and you know why through that process you know it's just saying God you know, because you feel a little vulnerable. You feel, you know, I've got my family with me. I want to make sure we get out of this alive. I don't want to end up in some, some, you know, suburb of Florence where they're going to knife us or anything like else. You know, all these stupid thoughts. Will we ever make it home? Will I ever see our car again? Will I ever see Australia? All the rubbish carries on in your mind, you know. And then, you know, sometimes you just say, God, <laughs> you know, just be honest with God. God, I'm grumpy, I'm upset, and I'm frustrated you just get us home somehow and we did and he is faithful and you know sometimes you're facing in the midst of your struggle you just feel like i I just want to be home tomorrow i want to see the answer tomorrow and it doesn't happen and there's this process and the process unfolds and in the process you learn how to have character and patience and and long suffering and you just learn to stop yourself from going down the emotional path sometimes michelle says to me you're emotional come on calm down and you know she's right i just got to pull myself back and say come on let's just think this through because the emotional moments of anxiety or worry you never think straight and, the, and it's a growing time of of trusting in our heavenly father in those moments and some of us feel like we're on the wrong train the wrong place but you know what just be patient because you know what get off that train and just trust him that he'll get you home it's a trust here's the last thing we'll finish with this wow The last thing, anything, why, what happens when you endure? You know, it's really simple thought, you've got to learn to hold your nerve. You learn to hold your nerve. Often between the promise of God or the breakthrough, there's the part in the middle, it's like the delay time, it's the waiting time. It's like the promise time, it, it, I like the promise time. I I I love it when someone comes up to me and gives me... The guest speaker gives you a word of encouragement. Or in my devotions, I get this incredible revelation. I love those moments. Or the miracle happens. Or the answered prayer happens. But you know what? In the midst of the difficulty... um, Uh, we still get the word and we still got to wait there's a waiting time for the breakthrough it just doesn't happen instantly sometimes and and sometimes we love to talk about the answers and the victory and we love to shout and praise and so we should but you know what everybody loves the praise when the, the victories come but what about your praise in the middle of the valley time in the middle of that moment and um we've got to hold our nerve they're the times when we've just got to continue to give thanks isn't it they're the times we have got to continue to forgive they're the times when we've got to stand up and still just be obedient you know we love to talk about the promised times but we don't talk sometimes about the delay times you know i thought it was god's will for my husband to come to god yes it is but it hasn't happened what's when's it going to happen i don't know but hold your nerve trust him i thought well, god was going to heal me well, he does. He wants to. Will it happen? I don't know. But, you know, when's it going to happen? I don't know. But just hold your nerve. I thought my children were going to come to God. Yeah, they are. But, you know, when? I don't know. But just don't give up. Hold your nerve. Sometimes when you're believing for something, it's like the enemy just continually screams at you. This, is, this will be the death of you. This will be the finish of you. This will be the end of you. But you know what? It's time to hold your nerve. It's time to go deeper with your trust in Him. It's an opportunity to be that person, that better person, and it's certainly an opportunity to stand up, hold your nerve, and don't give, don't flinch, don't flinch. Notice it says we, as we have the team come up, we, we. we're not just, we will not just reign, but we'll reign with Him. It's not just us reigning, but us reigning with Him, the God of the universe. And if we're going to reign with Him and as sons and daughters of Him, we, 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 eventually we're going to have His inheritance. His inheritance of everything that He has and everything that He is. He overcome death, folks, Jesus Christ. He is the way. He's not just a way, he is that way, he is the truth, he is the life. It's with him that we will be, be the most powerful when we're standing with him. Him in us through the Holy Spirit, him with us through every trial, everything we face, we can trust. We have a hope. Paul had that hope, he communicated that to Timothy. He said, Come on, Timothy. Because Timothy was living in a very heathen nation, Ephesus. He was living in one of the most heathen cities of the world at the time. And yet he'd planted a church and he was succeeding. It was amazing what young Timothy was doing. But it was through God's strength. And Paul encouraged him and said, come on, Timothy. If we endure, we're going to reign. So where are you at the moment? Maybe you've had some victories. Hallelujah. But maybe you're in the midst of the enduring moment hallelujah still praise him still because it's amazing how that praise will take you onwards and upwards as you trust him can we stand today as we close I love you just to uh, as we come today just for a moment let's just um, worship right now thanks guys